This is the SBI show, and despite the fact that FIFA 14 came out, we have managed to put a show together. I am Garrett Cleverly. As always with me is Ivis Galarsep. What's up, buddy? You survived the FIFA 14 launch party? Well, I'd say it was a pretty good time in New York City on Monday, and uh, I did survive, and I, I did manage to get my copy of the game. Uh, the fine folks at EA uh, gave out free copies to those of us who were lucky enough to be at the party, and uh uh, it was a pretty good time. Uh, you know, Swizz Beats was the DJ, and he killed it. Uh, Drake took his sweet time getting to the game, but when he showed up, uh, him and Tim Cahill put put together a, a game for the ages. Uh, they they played 207 minutes to decide a winner, and before Tim Cahill scored the winner with Tim Cahill on <laughs> were, were they were they good or were they bad or why why couldn't what took him so long to score? Uh, they they weren't that good. I mean, I, I think I mean I, I'm sure Drake's busy doing other things than uh, brushing up on his FIFA game. Uh, and as far as Kale, you you can tell Cahill had been practicing a bit. Um, the fact that it was New York Red Bulls versus Real Madrid, I thought was pretty funny. Drake used Real Madrid. He did not use Toronto FC, which uh, I think folks in Toronto. Uh, should take that as another slight. Uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> because uh, you know, I mean, it's bad enough. Canada is not in the game. Uh, the Canadian national is not in the game, and then on top of that, Drake doesn't use TFC. Then again, I guess you can't blame him. I mean, if you can't win with Real Madrid, I can't imagine how ugly it would have gotten if he used TFC. <laughs> That's, yeah. Um, I think the biggest question, though, Ivis, everyone wants to know is now you have your FIFA 14 copy. What's your username? Because everyone wants to play you on FIFA. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna go playing online. I think I. I, uh, I, I tried that. I, I tried that with FIFA 12. I think it was, and uh, it's a. You know, it took it took about two minutes for whoever just played me to to find me on Twitter and and ask me. I think I just beat you on on uh, in FIFA. I'm like, okay, I, I need a new username. Um, but no, nah, you know how it is, man. There's no time. There's no time to play much. It's. I, I still. It's still in the wrapper. Um. I'm working on getting some copies for us to give away, but uh, we're still working on that. Uh, that might take a while. Uh, I might, I, I, I might give my copy away, but actually, I'll probably just have my kids play it, see if they can learn how to play. Yeah, there you go. Well, we, you know, what we should do is we should have like a, uh, a FIFA 14 tournament on the website. That'd be awesome. We could crown someone, or or people could just play me. They, we could do that. But well, I, uh, think, I think you, I think you and uh, SBI staff writer Franco Panizo should play to, oh, but do to we settle should. all to settle all bragging rights. I know Franco thinks he's so good. He's not that good. He did pretty well. He did pretty well last night. I must. I mean, he takes away. He takes away seriously. I know. V Fra- Franco's. It's it brings so much pleasure to, to my life. Um, but if anyone listening wants to play me, come find me on Xbox at Gclev. All right, Ivis. Uh, enough FIFA talk. Let's bring it back to the real soccer on the field. MLS play was in Concacaf Champions League uh, on Tuesday night and surprisingly Montreal Impact get a victory that's not surprising but with the victory they were able to help out San Jose however Montreal is eliminated victory 2-0 over Heredia uh, the Guatemalan side Montreal's out but uh, it's good news for San Jose Ivis as they still have some life to advance to the next round in the uh, CONCACAF Champions League right I mean it was a good result for MLS I'd say and for Montreal even though they didn't you know they were eliminated uh, with the result. I think the fact that they were able to get a win under the belt uh, maybe build some confidence coming off of that shellacking uh, against Vancouver. Um, they need that. They need a bit of a confidence booster now that they've dropped a couple in MLS play. Uh, and you want to see what they're going to do from here on out, you know, because uh, you know they could very easily be caught by Houston if they're not careful uh, for that third place spot in the playoffs in the East. And um, I think for Michael Shalabama, it was a good result, you know, a good effort. They played well. 
But again, it's Heredia. You know, they're not. I, I don't know if they're that great a team. Uh, I think for San Jose, if you're, if you're the Earthquakes, you're loving it right now because now your fate is your hand is in your hands. You get to play Heredia. You beat them. You're in the quarterfinals, and and I think that bodes well for a San Jose team who, while they still have hopes of the playoffs, I think looking at that at that Concacaf Champions League, the, the possibility of getting into the knockout rounds, I think mm-hmm. is, is definitely what is probably more realistic for them right now. And then two other teams that are looking to get into that knockout round: LA Galaxy, they're first in their group right now, uh, and the Houston Dynamo, second in their group. Uh, they both play on Wednesday. Do you think they'll they'll take care of business, Ivis? Uh, that's a LA LA will handle it. I mean, even, even though they're probably won't gonna they're probably not gonna play their their top guys. I think they should get the result they need. Uh, and as far as Houston, I think Houston's an interesting one as well. Uh, they, they're they're really starting to rally now and come together. Um, and you know, the big news obviously out of Houston uh, this week was Brian Ching announcing his retirement. So uh, that, that's interesting timing there with everything they have going on. But um, you know, it, it's kind of. Kind of expected. Obviously, he, he wasn't really playing a role there anymore. Um, so it's a chance to kind of honor a player who meant so much to Houston. But, you know, Houston, I think the Dynamo, I think, will take care of business. And I, I just think they're, they're, they're really starting to roll right now. And Dom Kinnear, as he does, I, I feel like every year, he finds, he finds a way to get the pieces to fit when it matters most. Uh, playoff scenarios for these teams, as I'm looking real quick. The LA Galaxy, all they need to do is pick up a point. Uh, in their match, and they'll advance to the next round. Houston Dynamo have a little more work to do. Uh, they need to uh, they need to pick up some points here and then beat uh, Arabe Unido uh, in the final game to advance to the next round. And those both games are on Wednesday. Ivy's keeping it in the MLS. The first place teams in the Eastern and Western Conference, Seattle Sounders and New York Red Bulls, are facing some injury crisis as they head into the weekend's play. What's the latest on those teams? Well, the big game this weekend is is the Seattle Sounders versus. New York Red Bulls. It's the game everyone's talking about, the two first-place teams going at it. And uh, much like last week's game, marquee game between Seattle and L.A., it's looking like you're going to have some headliners missing the match. Uh, it's a little disappointing, but uh, the sense out of New York, uh, Mike Pecky today came out and said he doesn't think that Ter- Terry Henry and Hamison Olave are going to make the trip. And uh, it, it might surprise some people, but... Yeah, basically what it boils down to is, uh, you know, both of those guys are, are dealing with in health issues, injury issues uh, related uh, that that turf can exacerbate. Um, Tyree Henry has an Achilles issue. And when he plays and if he plays on turf, it can really, uh, really mess him up. And it, it could lead to a serious injury. And it's a it's a risk that the Red Bulls uh, probably aren't going to want to take uh, because, you know, it, you're you're basically uh, risking. Uh, several games to, for you know for the chance to win one game. So plus we all know uh, how much Henry just loves artificial turf. Well, that's why. I mean, he's an older <laughs> player. He's, I mean, if you had bad Achilles and 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 you knew playing on that would would likely injure you, you're not going to play on it. So I know I know people. Have, you know, people make fun of him and, and and give him a lot of crap for that. But I mean, at at, a, at this point in time, it's about managing his health. I mean, he is too important to that team. To risk, and I think they've, if anything, they, they they've earned, they put themselves in a position where they can sacrifice. You know, you don't want to. They, they're not going to call it sacrificing this game, but essentially that's what they're going to probably do. If they don't, if they go there without Henri and they go there without Hamas Olave, uh, they're not going to win. I just don't see it. And even though Seattle still has some question marks with Clint Dempsey, Eddie Johnson, uh, and whether they're going to play, I mean, we have already talked about it. Seattle has a ton of depth. They can handle not playing without. Uh, Johnson and Dempsey, as they showed against Real Salt Lake, mm-hmm. they beat they beat out Real, they beat Real Salt Lake pretty handily 
with both those guys coming off the bench. So um, when, you, when you look at it that way, I think it's a safe bet right now. Uh, Seattle's going to go in there and they're going to handle they're going to handle New York. I think it, hopefully it's still a good game. I, I think Tim Cahill should still play. Uh, he's healthy. He's back. So I think he he's he's such a battler. I think he'll give them a fighting chance. But I just think Seattle's just too tough. So what you're talking about Dempsey and uh, and Eddie Johnson in that one game. You're right. I mean Seattle scored both their goals in the first half before those guys even came on. For New York though, in, in this game, I was just quickly. I mean we could talk more about the MLS games later this week. For New York though. What do they need to do to be able to hopefully right the ship and at least come out with a point? How, how can they do that in Seattle? I don't honestly. I don't see them doing it. I don't without Olave, without Henri, they're not going to win there. I, and, and and I'm sure I'm setting it up now for the jinx, and they're going to pull out the win somehow. <laughs> yeah. But but you know what? They just don't have the quality of depth uh, at center back and forward to 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 afford to lose those guys and still be able to play at a high enough level to deal with Seattle. And their quality, and, and do it in front of fifty thousand fans in Seattle. I mean, it's just—I just don't see it happening. Um, uh, especially, I mean, Olave's been playing really well. Uh, he's been a big key to this recent winning streak they put together. Uh, and I read the, the deal with the, the Rebels. Their forward, their depth at forward is just not great. I mean, uh, especially now, Bradley Wright Phillips uh, pulled his hamstring, and you know, so there you go. You're missing Henri and Bradley Wright Phillips. So you're probably going to have uh, a Fabian Espindola. Uh, Peggy Lou and Dula forward tandem, and it's just you know a, you know maybe in a game of Scrabble you'd feel pretty good about having those two guys, but uh, just in a real game I, I don't know how how worried Seattle's going to be. Over in the Americans abroad front, Sunderland got a huge victory over powerhouse Peterborough United in the League Cup two to zero. Josie looked pretty good in this game, and uh, good for him and Sunderland to get the victory after the removal of their previous manager. Right, it's uh, the first match after Decanio, and uh, I think it's interesting that that you know Josie played well, and uh, the team overall played well, and and then uh, the, their Italian player, their Italian newcomer, uh, Jack Carini, uh, someone who was reportedly involved in the old ma- like uh, locker room uh, dust up with Decanio. I don't I don't know if you if people heard, but reports out of England have, have surfaced. Uh, that kind of broke down what happened in that last game for Decanio, where he went in the locker room and apparently was berating his players. Some players took exception to be singled out, and Giacarini was one of those players. And, uh, you know, it, it, he comes out here, scores his first goal for them. Uh, he's a quality player, you know, and, and that's, the, that's the thing with Sunderland. I know, like as I said last show, there's people who almost want to see Sunderland fail because they, they've they already bought into the idea that this is this was a bad transfer for Josie Altidore. I honestly believe they have talent on that team to climb out of that hole and actually do something with the year. Depends on the manager they go get to, to, to serve as their final, their full-time replacement. Um, but to see, you know, to see Josie Altidore play well, be very active, get the start. You know, he was benched in his last game. Makes you wonder just what, how how DeCanny was seeing him toward the end of his time there. So um, it's good to see him get on the field, make the most of it, and he was all over the place, had plenty of chances. Yes, he, no, he didn't find the goal, and he did miss some chances, but he also created a lot of opportunities, set up free kicks, uh, drew the corner that led to the second goal. So he he was very, very involved. So you, you have to hope that, that this victory is kind of help, uh, a jumping-off point for them to help them turn things around. Ivis, keeping it League Cup, Tottenham, Brad Friedel got the start. They get the shutout over Aston Villa. And, I mean, obviously Aston Villa didn't win because Brad Guzan didn't start in this game. But still, good for Friedel, good for Tottenham to advance to the next round with the big victory, 4-0 over, over Villa. 
Right. I mean, it's a it's one of those games where when you, this is I mean, you're talking about the League Cup. It's it's, the, it's officially the Capital One Cup. A team like Aston Villa just un, they don't have the player depth to to really try to keep competing on multiple fronts in, in multiple competitions. So they're going to put out a weaker team uh, in a tournament like this, and their their reserves just aren't going to match up against a team like Tottenham's reserves. Uh, when, you, when you think about all the money that Tottenham has spent uh, this summer. Uh, and the depth that they have. I mean, I mean, just, when you look at their lineup, right? I mean, their lineup for this Capital One Cup game. I mean, you're talking about players like Lamella, Defoe, Hopi, Paulinho. I mean, they, I mean, those guys, those four alone probably cost more than the entire starting lineup for Aston Villa, the entire the entire roster probably of, of the people who actually were in uniform. Um, so you know, four zero business as usual. But it's good to see Brad Friedel uh, continue to do his thing when given the opportunity. Bad news coming out of Germany. John Brooks uh, looks like he's going to be out for a few more weeks, not ready for the qualifiers. What's the latest on his status? Uh, the reports coming out of Germany are two to three weeks for him to, to be sidelined, and that timetable will put him at uh, just around the time of the qualifiers. So uh, it, it seems like it'd be a bit of a stretch to expect him be, to be back in time. Uh, maybe the U.S. will get lucky and he will be, and, and maybe Klinsman brings him in anyway and caps him. Uh, assuming assuming Brooks wants to be capped that way, if he's ready to get capped, I, I know there were reports allegedly out of Germany claiming that he, you know, he had wanted to be capped uh, in the Costa Rica game qualifier back in September. If that's the case, if he's ready to go, if he's ready to get capped tied, then hey, maybe you bring him in. Uh, assuming he's fully recovered from his elbow injury, bring him in in October and uh, bring him into the squad and have him make an appearance in one of those qualifiers and lock it up. Uh, and then he can put that behind him. I mean, if he's really ready to commit himself, you do that. But obviously, if he's not healthy, if he, if he can't fully recover in time, then you're not going to take the chance. You're not going to throw him out there, you know, kind of with a with a bum arm, uh, just to get him cap tied. Um, that so that'll be that'll be one to watch because the timing is a little is is a little close there. You know, right now where it's the tw- we're on with the 24th, uh, so it's just about three weeks. So you know, it's possible. It's possible he could still maybe make it there. So that's going to be something to keep an eye out, out for. Uh, down in Mexico, Ivis, Jose Torres scored a goal uh, for Tigres and a loss to Santos Laguna, 3-2. to two. And uh, for Torres, Ivis, is there any chance that he could be called up to those World Cup qualifiers next month? Of course. Of course there's a chance. I mean, why wouldn't? I mean, he got called up for for the game in Me- against Mexico. So he's on the radar. He gets regular playing time with with Tigres and, uh, you know, Jurgen likes him. So he, if he keeps on playing, keeps on getting regular minutes, and obviously it's a good step for him to get his first goal for Tigres, even though it was in a loss. So funny enough, in that game, you had a few Americans uh, make appearances. Uh, looks like Jonathan Borstein came on, got a few minutes, and uh, former U-20 World Cup player Benji Hoya also made an appearance in that game. Uh, but Torres is the, is the news in that one. He's someone, obviously, who, who I think is still – on the radar, still someone who wants to obviously be on the World Cup team, as he was in 2010. Uh, but you know, it's a it's a tough fight there in midfield for him. But uh, if he keeps on playing, he'll keep himself in that mix. Well, Ivis, we've reached the end of the show. You know what that means? It's the SBI Q and A. If anyone wants to send in any questions to the show to have them answered, remember do it on Twitter with hashtag Ask the SBI Show. Ivis and I check it all the time. First question comes from Kevin Prince. Ivis, what was it like to be interviewed by Fellaini? And, and this is regards to a video that you were in at the FIFA 14 launch party. So I, I guess he's talking about the video. How was it? Uh, yeah, the guy that interviewed me, I'd, I'd never seen him before. But, yes, he did look like Myron Fellaini. Uh, 
I, I, I was pretty sure it wasn't him. I've, I've seen Fellaini. Fellaini's actually much bigger, and his hair's bigger even. Uh, but no, again, that was at the FIFA party, FIFA launch party, and uh, it was a great time. It was a great time. I, I'd say one of the things, one of the funnier things for me was, so I'm at the party, and I'm rocking my jersey hat, my New Jersey. Uh, it's like a, the symbol of the, the state of New Jersey, like the, the, the outline of New Jersey's on my on my hat, right? And I had people, I had at least a couple of people, including one, Oh, including one New York Red Bulls player who I won't name because I won't I, I won't embarrass <laughs> who did they 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 incorrectly named the state that was on my hat and I thought that was what they say well one, someone said California I, I could see which, that eh, okay someone said like Florida like it, Florida it Florida yeah it was I really could see bad. California I'm trying to think like California New Jersey in my head like. You know, it's geographically, like like we kind of look the same, yeah. Right. But Florida, oh my god, well, yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, you know, there was an it was an open bar at the place. Yeah, what time was this? The beginning of the night or the no, end of the night? It was toward the end. It was toward the end. I, I'll admit that. Okay, well then, then I think we'll give him a half pass here. Half pass. Um, next question comes from Paul Marchianti. Who are replacements for Decanio? What do each mean for outdoor? Best worst case scenario. Well, I mean, I don't have a laundry list of names for that. I, I know uh, Roberto Di Matteo was mentioned, or is someone whose name is out there. I think he'd be great. You know, obviously, you know, he did what he did with Chelsea, uh, and he's someone who deserves a chance in the Premier League. So I think I think he'd do well. I think he'd be a good manager. I think he showed well when he was with Chelsea. So hopefully, hopefully for Jose Altidore's sake, that he can he can get himself a a quality manager like that, a stable manager. Someone who's not, uh, you know, the loose cannon like the Kenny was. Uh, next question comes from Chris McGuffin. What are the odds that Robbie Keane is the MLS MVP this season? Um, you know, I tell you, it's uh, it's tough to say. I, I think a few weeks ago he was looking like a really strong candidate, and and maybe now it, it, the field is kind of open up there. I, I look, I still think Mike McGee for me right now, he'd get my vote. Just because when you look at what he's done, what to, to help turn around Chicago, what he did when he was in LA, I mean, when you take the season as a whole, it's hard not to say, okay, he carried, he has helped carry Chicago into playoff consideration. Uh, they still have to make the playoffs, and obviously they had to set back last week, but um, it's a pretty wide open race. I mean, you have Keane, you have uh, McGee, you have Marco DeVaio, you have, uh, you know, I, I'm hearing a lot of. Talk about Diego Valeri now as well. Someone who, you know, that's a tough one for me. Valeri, hey, he's had an amazing year. Uh, but then Will Johnson's there. Will Johnson's, you know, he, again, you have a player who scores goals and assists, and then you have someone like Will Johnson who who does so much, uh, does all the intangibles that you need, and he scores some goals too. So uh, it's a pretty wide open race. If he finishes strong, though, Keen, if, if LA uh, runs the table here at the end to get themselves a top two spot in the West, uh, I, think he, I think he has a good chance. Next qu- next question, excuse me, comes from Chance. Which team currently in a playoff spot is going to miss out? Uh, let's see. Right now, I, I'd probably say New England. I think they're, they're, they're you know, it, that's just simple, just simple math when you look at it. They're only they only have a one point lead on Chicago and Philly, and a two point lead on Columbus. And, and over on the other side of in the Western Conference, uh, fifth place Colorado has a four point lead on the teams chasing them. So just looking at it that way, I think I think New England is in the most danger. And I think, you know, looking at the, on balance, I think the fire, if you're asking me who, who, I, who I take between the fire and New England to finish the season the best, I'm going to go with Chicago. Um, and I tell you what, it's a bit of a long shot. But if Montreal doesn't get their act together, I can see them slide right out of the playoff picture. The win on Tuesday helps, I think, in the Champions League, maybe instill some confidence 
it helps stabilize them a bit and, and remind them that you know how, how to play well and, and and how to kind of get their head straight. Uh, but they've got some tough games ahead, and if they if they keep on if they you know drop a few more, they could be in real danger. Next question comes from Steve Hildago. Could Portland beat LA in the playoffs, assuming both teams are at a hundred percent? Tough one, man. Um, LA at a hundred percent. You know they're they're a title favorite. Portland, I think, is still a year away. Uh, they're a good team. They're, they're definitely a good team. But when you're just stacking them up, when you talk about experience, um, I know Portland has that home field advantage. But again, you're talking about a team like LA, a veteran team. I don't think they're going to go into Portland and be intimidated and be scared. And yes, I know LA. I know Portland beat LA uh, in in Portland in that great game where uh, Andrew Jean Baptiste scored the winner, and then Porter and Arena had their nice little post game dust up. Um, but in a playoff, in a playoff series, two games. I'm sorry. At full strength, I got to go LA. Next question, Ivis, comes from Eric Tabara. How do you rate Mike Pecky's season as Red Bull head coach, considering it's his first real head coaching job? Well, I don't know. I don't know how you can call it anything but a success. I mean, he's ha- he has them in first place um, in in his first year on, on the job, and look. We know they have a lot of money to spend. We know they have some stars on their roster, uh, and even with that, I, I I don't know if they necessarily did did the best job of, of building their bench. Um, but the job he did has done to kind of put this team on the right track and kind of get them and get them rolling the way they are. You got to give him some credit. You have to give him some credit. Um, is he a coach of the year candidate? I don't know if I'd say that. Uh, I'm sure he'll get some consideration. And if they if they win the supporter shield, you kind of have to look at it and say, "Wow, first year coach does that." Uh, hats off to him. But again, you have to look at resources and also support staff. Because as you know, I thought it was a stroke of genius by the Red Bulls to hire Robin Frazier as their assistant coach. And uh, I'm sure uh, he's he's helped a lot. Uh, and also, you know, when you when you're talking about comparing, you know, having guys like Henri. In Cahill and Olave, um, and Dax McCarty, they have a good team. They have the talent to to to, to do this. No one's surprised by it. No, no one's so like really shocked that they, the Red Bulls can have a good team. I mean, when you look at some of the other coach, the candidates for Coach of the Year, um, you know, Portland. I, I don't think uh, you know before the season. I don't know how many people thought in year one, Caleb Porter would be able to transform that team. Uh, really get them to just be a much, much tougher team. And then you have Colorado, obviously. Oscar Pereja, with what he's had to deal with, with injuries and and just everything, and, and, you know, playing a young squad, having to play young players, uh, to get to have them where they are, you have to give him a lot of credit. So it's a pretty wide open race for Rookie of the Year. I, I mean, for Coach of the, coach of the Year, but Pecky, uh, by any measure, has had a good season. Ivis, next question comes from Chris McGuffin. We have two questions from him. And this one's going to test your deep FIFA knowledge. So here's the question. So FIFA 14 currently has Landon Donovan rated lower than he was in FIFA 13. Um, Landon Donovan last year was an 82. This year, he's a 78. Chris wants to know if this is a fair assessment. Uh, you sure those are the right ratings? I thought it said 70 and 76. Yes, but Chris forced me to go look up uh, the correct ratings because this is how pathetic I am. I knew those weren't the right ratings. So, <laughs> Landon Donovan was an 82 last year? Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, is anyone really surprised? I mean, look, I know he's doing re- really well now and he's done really well the last few months, but, hey, earlier in the year, he was, he, he was not playing that well. 
And and it's not as if FIFA just set these ratings last week. The, these ratings were probably established in the summer, probably before the Gold Cup. Uh, I'm pretty sure if EA could do it over again, and and I, I, and you're you're the FIFA expert, but don't they adjust the ratings uh, somehow, like through, during the year? Yeah, they, they do stuff. It depends what you're playing. If you're playing like Ultimate Team, then players can win like Team of the Week or Player of the Match or something like that. And, and then if you play like seasons if you play seasons mode then the roster is always updated throughout the year so yeah i mean landon donovan could be your higher ranking the only thing his ranking will be higher the one thing that did surprise me in this game was the fact that michael bradley he's not even they didn't rate him as the best american uh howard and dempsey are both at 81s bradley's at 76 that surprised me because i thought bradley for sure was going to be the best american in the game i mean i know these are rate you know these are rankings that obviously they're made so we can talk about it, but that kind of surprised me though because I think Bradley's the best player on the team. You're, well, you're, you're missing the you're missing the bigger part there. I mean, you mentioned Dempsey and and Howard is having good ratings. I mean, those are hey, they're quality players. Um, but you got you should talk about some of the players who are rated higher than Tim than, than Michael Bradley, who absolutely should not. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a few. That that's I think that's uh, EA dropped the ball on that one. Michael Bradley deserves more than the seventy six, without a doubt. Yeah, that was surprising. All right, well, now, <laughs> I feel like half the people listening to the show are going to be like, uh, "Next question comes from uh, K dot J dot H." I think that's how I say it. Uh, curious to know. Also, this guy apparently is on a first name basis with the U.S. Men's National Team because he wants to know if J.K. really keeps C.D. and L.D. despite being close in MLS away in October to see other town play. He's not on a first name. It's, <laughs> it's called it's Twitter. He has 140 characters. So he, he gives us initials. Leave the guy alone. Um, you know, I, I, it, it's interesting. What it's tough to say, right? Is he bluffing? Is Klinsman serious? Is he going to bring the full squad? I've already gone on record as saying I don't think he will. I think he's going to leave some guys home. I think he's going to leave Dempsey home. I don't know about Donovan, but he absolutely could leave those guys. And and honestly, I think he should. I mean, I'm not saying. Uh, don't bring any regulars, but I think you can leave veterans home, let them get their rest, let them either de- get ready for the MLS playoffs or get ready or keep them in Europe instead of having them fly back and forth in the middle of busy seasons. Guys like Tim Howard, Jermaine Jones, who have more than enough games to play that they don't need to come here. Um, so I think I honestly think he should. And, and I think he will leave some of these guys home. And I guess the final question comes from Scott Utterson. Rank the following four in terms of U.S. men's national team and European club potential upside. Ariola, Villarreal, Zardes, McBean. Uh, I'm going to go for right now Villarreal. Uh, tough one, tough one. Villarreal is definitely one. Um, I put Ariola second. I'll, I'll say Ariola. Oh I'll say Ariola two. Yes. McBean four. Um, but hey, that's a pretty good quartet. It's scary yeah. to think. What would have been if LA was was able to to convince Ariola to stay? Um, you know, for those of you who, who didn't read my story uh, on Goal.com uh, just last week on on Ariola, uh, you know, he did train with them. He was he was a part of their academy, although he wasn't a part of their academy for even a full year. So, uh, any any stories or any notions that Ariola was this lifelong Galaxy Academy kid who Club Tijuana poached away? Complete crap. Um, there, there's that sense out there. That that's what happened. Not at all by any means. L.A. didn't even have the kid for a year. They had him for half a year before he went and trialed at Club Tijuana. So um, they didn't really have any rights to the kid. They have no gripes at all to make in that regard. And credit the kid. He made the right decision, I think. I mean, he, he stayed close to home. 
Obviously, he's played a ton more than anyone could have imagined him playing in his first season in Mexico. And, um, you know, it's it was a great move for him. So it's going to be fun to see him and Villarreal develop because I think, hey, well, those are guys when you want to talk about down the road. Hey, Olympic team. Think about the next Olympic qualifying cycle. I think both those guys are going to be a big part of that. Or people could listen to the uh, SBI show interview we had with him. Episode 62. I just looked it up. So if anyone wants to listen to it, episode 62, we had Paul Ariel on. That's right. He broke it all down for us. He, uh, he gave us a lot of good insight there. Yes, he did. Well, Ivis, that wraps up today's show. A little bit shorter version, uh, but you know, not, not that much to talk about. But still, we, uh, we, I think we covered everything, all the big stuff. No, there's a lot. Of, I mean, you know, there's decent stuff to talk about during the week. Uh, you know, me personally, I'm actually uh, finishing up a column for uh, Gold.com that will run on Wednesday. And uh, I'll be touching on the topic that I'm sure a lot of people, especially people who follow MLS, have been talking about. Uh, the the uh, MLS uh, Soccer.com's 24 under 24. Uh, I'm writing a piece, not so much on that list, but on uh, just some some issues that the list kind of raises, and and you know people should keep an eye out for that. Uh, I actually do my own list, but it's not a 24 under 24. I actually do a 21 under 21, which uh, I think is a better measure of uh, of measuring the real the the truly young talent in in. Uh, in MLS, and it's impressive, man. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, you know, I've been I've been covering this league for a long time, and you know, when I sat down and looked at the amount of talent, the amount of players in that age range who are playing, who are getting regular minutes, it's it's impressive. And and you know, you can say what you want that right. You can argue that young star power is lacking a bit. You don't have your uh, Josie Altuve or Michael Bradley, you know, guys who are ready to jump to Europe or take or get a big ten million dollar transfer to Europe. But in terms of depth of young talent, it, it's really impressive to see uh, how much more there is now than there used to be. You and I were talking before the show about how, I mean, you you were saying that you're having a little bit of difficulty fitting guys on this list. I mean, including guys who are getting some big-time playing minutes right now. I mean, that, that's that's awesome that, that guys who are playing a lot of minutes might not even make your list. I mean, it, it, it's crazy to think just how young the league is and how a lot of these guys are having such impacts on their teams, especially in the playoff rates for, for a lot of teams. Right. Well, I mean, look, you know, it, when you have expansion, uh, rapid expansion the way MLS did, and then you also have uh, teams establishing ca- academies and, 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 and having more quality young players ready to contribute at an earlier age, you're going to have this. And, and yeah, there are going to be some players who don't, miss the, who don't make the list. And, you know, when you see the list, just bear in mind, my list is, is not, is not a, 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 a measure of the season they're currently having. It's 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 ability, it's potential, it's form they've shown. Uh, it, it's all these things because you know, uh, just because you have a certain player who's played a lot of minutes, doesn't mean he's necessarily p- uh, better than a player who's on another team who hasn't played as much, but maybe who has more talent uh, or, or is a, a more highly regarded prospect. Because I mean, there's guys like that around the league. That I mean, let's face it. For me, uh, just to give you some names, I mean, in Vancouver, you have Kakuta Mane. 18-year-old kid who has all the talent in the world. He's going to be something special. He's only 18. Um, there, there are players in the league that are 20, you know, 21, 22, who are clearly playing more than him. But I think you ask most GMs, they jump at the chance to get Manet over some of those kids. Or you have a player like Walker Zimmerman, who, you know, he's at FC Dallas. He's a center back. The kid is going to be something special. I think he's going to be really good. But again, at his current, you know, he's, he's a rookie, his first year. He's at FC Dallas. They have George John and Matt Hedges, two quality center backs. So it's tough for him to get playing time. But let's face it, 
you, you know, I think most GMs would take him over a lot of guys who are who are currently getting minutes in MLS. So it's impressive. There's a lot of young talent in this league, and uh, you know, I want to. It's this is going to be a fun couple of years to see how these some of these guys develop. Yeah, you're right. Uh, well, Ivis, uh, that that your 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 feature will drop on on Goal.com uh, later in the week. So everyone check. Uh, make sure to follow Ivis on Twitter. We'll mention or just go check out Goal.com. Well, that wraps up the show today, man. Uh, you have a good week, and uh, next time we talk, I'll be up in Utah preparing for the uh, U.S. Open Cup final. So I'm looking forward to that. Wow, you're getting there early, huh? Yeah, I am. Well, there's, there's some there's some youth games out there I got to watch too. So, but but yeah, I'm, just, I'm getting out there early, so I'm excited. My first time in Utah. I'm jazzed. I've never been to Utah yes. before. You got some business meetings uh, with the company. <laughs> Team RSL. <laughs> just admit it. You're on the search committee to replace Jason Christ. No, no, oh, I'm not. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Was I supposed to not? No, stop. I was supposed to say that. I'm stop. Sorry. That's ridiculous. My, my bad. My bad. You that's, can edit that out. That's, no, we'll, we'll keep I'm it. joking, people. I'm we'll totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. He is clever. Garrett is not on the search committee to replace Jason Christ. Jason Christ has not left our Real Salt Lake. He's still that coach. <laughs> I know everyone listening is like, for, what the for, hell? For now. For now. He's still that coach. Yeah. All right. Well, Ivis, it's uh, it's incredibly late for both of us, man. Like it always is. One day we'll have a we'll have a show from like eight eight to ten in the morning. What would that? I don't even know what that would be like. What if we did a show at like noon? I can't even imagine trying to do that. We definitely should try to do that. We'd probably get a few more questions in the Q and A. Ah, uh, yeah, I think we would. Yeah. Just a few more, maybe like three more, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Well, well, then it'd be balancing out because then Chris McGuffin might not be awake. <laughs> He's a night out, apparently. And Chris, we appreciate all the questions. Uh, Well, I miss... You get get more name checks than like half the players in MLS, so I'm sure he loves it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) All right, man. That wraps up the show. Catch some sleep. I'll talk to you later this week, and uh, we'll preview all the uh, MLS weekend action. Yes, sir. Talk to you on uh, Thursday night. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. This is The SBI Show.